in the presence of God. Red Sea Rules, number nine. Visualize his past deliverances, and if you do so, you will have his strength for today. I would like to preach on the theme, visualizing that which God has done shall indeed provide hope for this moment. Pastor Shower, two weeks ago, principle number seven, he used the word visualize. I want to use the same word, visualize. He He went, as Robert Morgan directed, he went a different direction than I shall go. When Pastor Shower was preaching about visualizing, he was talking about visualizing God literally walking hand in hand with you. If you're right-handed, got your right hand. If you're left-handed, he's on your left side. If you're ambidextrous, he can choose either hand. But visualize him walking with you. Months ago, I painted a picture of your alarm clock going off at 5 a.m. in the morning. And when your alarm clock went off, there was someone in that room who got up before you did. It was not your wife. It was not your husband. It was God himself. Visualize him getting up before you did. Visualizing him covering every hour that day would hold for you. Visualizing him taking a look at every circumstance that you would face. And then visualize him coming back, entering your bedroom. And when you woke up, he said, it's about time. I've covered the entire day. I've covered every circumstance that you will face. My power, love, and wisdom is directed to it. Let's get you up now. And let's go walking through this day. I visualize that all the time. When anything disturbs the peace within me, I visualize that, whether it's elections or COVID or finances or what's going on in people's lives in this congregation or my own family's life. That's what I visualize. He got up before I did this Sunday morning and he has covered everything this day will hold for you and for me. That's what Pastor Shower was talking about, visualizing God's mighty arms wrapped around you. Jesus put it this way, Matthew 25. He paints the picture so we can visualize it. He's going to the cross. He's up there on the the hill surrounding Jerusalem. And he says, As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, so have I desired to gather you. It's not a doctrinal statement. It's a statement of teaching in which he says, I want you to be always able to visualize this. As a hen gathers her chicks, can you visualize me gathering you under my wings? I grew up in a farming community, Jasper, Minnesota. All those farmers had pigs, cows, and chickens. And many a time I would go out to a farmer's house and do chores with friends of mine early in the morning. I always loved it when you went into the chicken yard and the baby chicks were there. They ran as fast as they could. 
and they tucked themselves under their mother's wings. The mother did not flee. Every other chicken fleed, but the mother did not flee. If she had chicks, she stayed there until every one of those babies were underneath her wings. I want to head a different direction. Principle number nine. Look at your current crisis as something that will build your faith in the future. Visualize past deliverances give you strength for today. Romans 5.3, I've mentioned it twice now in these nine weeks. I'm going to head there again. Romans 5.3, rejoice in your trials, your storms, your floods. Rejoice in them because they produce perseverance. It's not a perseverance like you're training for the Chicago Marathon and you've got to run 40 miles a week for nine months. That's not the perseverance we're talking about. It produces perseverance. The trial turns you in a direction that you normally wouldn't take. The trial turns you to God. And the perseverance that occurs is a perseverance in this weapon that God has given you. This thing that God has given you that connects you to Him. Most times when something occurs, we turn to family and friends. God has placed them in our lives. But family and friends are limited. I always used to take it personal when someone I was close to all of a sudden began to drift away. I sat and wondered, is it something I said or is it something I did? And I come to realize as you get older that it's not you. There's something going on in that person's life. Something you don't know about. Finances, health, children, Jobs. There is one you go to. And he changes not. Hebrews 13, 8, he changes not. He was the same yesterday at the beginning of mankind's history. He is the same today. And the promise is whatever this next week holds or this next decade, he will be the same then. You rejoice in your trials because they produce a perseverance in this thing called faith. And then it says that faith, perseverance in your faith produces character. It changes who you are. I had a lady at early service. She said, I joined this church about two months ago and my life has changed because of this place. I look at veterans, I look at Agent Orange for the Vietnam veterans, meant to remove the foliage in the trees so you could see the enemy. Little did they realize the enemy would become something inside of them that would cause great harm. Gulf War syndrome, the same thing. There are elements out there that can change our DNA. There's something called fear and worry that if it becomes part of your life strong enough, It actually changes who you are and begins to destroy hearts and lungs and everything else. If trials help you to persevere in the faith, that faith will change your DNA. And you'll begin to look at things differently. If you were selfish and lived for yourself, you let a trial or storm come 
If that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. You thought life was all about you. You go through a trial or storm and you realize the pain that that brings. And then all of a sudden you're looking for other people going through the same thing. The loss of a child, alcohol, drugs. You're looking for others that you can reach out to. Trials produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Character produces hope. This is where principle number nine comes into play. Where does hope come from? You remember what happened in the past. And it provides hope that that same one is here. It's about a month ago, a, a dear mother in our congregation showed me a page from her daughter's diary. Daughter's eight years of age. Her daughter had written in that diary, so-and-so was my best friend. And now she's not my best friend any longer. She's talking about me behind my back. She's spreading stories about me. It makes me very sad. And then this eight-year-old child wrote this. Back in February, I was being bullied every day I went to school. And I prayed God that he would save me from the bully. And she wrote in her diary, that's what God did. And then she wrote, the same God who was with me in February is the same God who's with me now. For Pete's sake, she's eight years old. And she's already, at that age, visualized what God did for her in February. And the same God's with her now. She's in her 90s. She's probably listening. Don't worry, I won't mention your name, okay? She's got a diary. Her diary is 76 years old. She has written in her diary every single day of her life since 1944 when her husband went off to war. The diary is monumental in its size and in its impact. There is one word that shows up 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 times. There's one word that shows up. The one word is deliverance. And throughout the 76 years, whenever she writes that word, she highlights it in yellow. Deliverance. And the deliverance is something that God had done. It covers the three famous realms, finances, health, relationships. 
She let me look at it. I did for about an hour. And she said, Pastor, whatever goes on in my life now, all I need to do is flip back through my diary, look for the highlights in yellow. And whatever fears I have, they melt away as quickly as you can imagine. One is eight years of age. One is in her 90s. They visualize the deliverance of God. Tell me this now. How come you have parts of the Bible that are really, really heavy, heavy, heavy in the doctrinal things? Book of Hebrews, book of Isaiah. And then you have other parts of the Bible that are very poetic. Uh, David, a great poet, right? He writes pictures of springs bubbling up in the desert. He writes pictures of God being a rock and a fortress. He paints pictures of us being able to hide in the shadow of his wings. He writes things so you can visualize it. Isaiah writes things that you can visualize. When you go through the fire, it's not going to burn you up. When you go through the flood, it's not going to drown you. God is with you when those things occur. Consider this. If God was able to make a way in the desert for you then, He'll do it now. If He was able to do the impossible then, He can do the impossible now. If He gave you peace during the storm that He didn't remove... He can give you peace now in the midst of a storm that he hasn't removed. He's not less good today than he was yesterday. He's the same God always. And that is why a 90-year-old can keep a diary for 76 years and have highlighted the deliverances that God has brought. His name was Tom Seaver. He was a great Hall of Fame pitcher. He recently died. He said one time that he had a photographic memory of every batter he had ever faced. He knew that this batter hated curveballs. And he knew that this batter never had success with a slider. And he knew that this batter always got really nervous when he had two strikes and would swing at anything. He remembered this batter had gotten a game-winning hit against him five years earlier, bottom of the ninth inning, one-two count, where he threw a change-up too high in the strike zone. Tom Seaver said in that interview, I was blessed to be as good as I was because the skill God had given me. But I was blessed to remember every batter I had ever faced. And he wrote down every batter that he had ever faced. And what pitches not to throw that batter. He said, I always felt so confident when I went to the mound because I knew every batter and I knew exactly what I was going to do with them. We're not talking baseball, we're talking life. And we're talking him.
Jesus. He's already written down every circumstance you've ever faced. He's already written down how he delivered you. Springs in the desert. And what you face now, he's already got a game plan. How many promises are in the Bible? 7,000. How many deliverances are there in the Bible? 7,000. Listen carefully. Every promise God ever made in the Bible was a deliverance. He would not have wasted a promise if there wasn't a deliverance. When he says 1,200 times he forgive your sins, that promises a deliverance from your shame and guilt. When he says 365 times, do not be afraid. It's a deliverance from the fear that has crept in today. When he says 153 times there is life after this life, it is a deliverance from the grief that has overwhelmed you. Your loved one is safe. Closing word. Let me tell you what he has not promised. And then let me tell you what he has promised. He has not promised that there wouldn't be storms. He said just the opposite, John 16. He said, in your life there will always be storms. He did promise this. I'll walk with you through the storm. He did not promise that in your life there would not be periods where the pastures were green and the waters were raging. He did promise this. I'll make the brown pastures green with life and I will still the waters of the storm. He did not promise that you wouldn't have enemies. He said you will. How do you like that? He said you will have enemies. But this is the promise he made. I will set a table before you in the presence of whatever enemies come. And on this Veterans Day, he did not say that death would not come to you. He did say this. Death has been swallowed up in Christ's victory. And in John 11:25 he said this I am the resurrection and the life he that believes in me though he dies yet shall he live and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die There's not a promise in his word that is not a deliverance for you and me Can you visualize that in our Savior's name? Amen. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart that will listen this morning or this week, may they be acceptable in your sight and may they be blessed by your Spirit in our Savior's name. Amen.